You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So good. We're in our known series, known series, talking about relationships. And uh, as I was thinking about that, I, I realized that, that known is actually the end state of a relationship. You know, there's, there's a lot of process, there's a lot of things that have to happen before you get to that place of being known. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about some of the process. And I'm going to speak into four different types of relationships about how, you, how we can go from the start of that process, from being unknown to being known. So the title of my message today is Out of the Unknown. Out of the Unknown. I think one of the biggest, the biggest things that keeps us in the place of the unknown is fear, fear of the unknown, if you will. And uh, Pastor Leanne, she preached a, a beautiful message last week on overcoming fear. So if you weren't here for that, I encourage you to, to grab the podcast, listen to that message. It, it, it is actually kind of the precursor to this message, so we'll call this a part two, because if you're in a place of fear, if you're stuck in that place, if you're in that blockage, it's actually really hard to walk out of the unknown. It's almost impossible to walk out of the unknown when you're wrapped up in fear because fear creates this, this illogical force field, this illogical boundary around you where you can't explain it, you can't define it, but, but for some reason you can't get through it either. So you need to, you need to remove that blockage. You need to listen, listen to Pastor Leanne's message. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and remove that fear. Then you'll be able to walk out of the unknown. And the thing about it is, is, is when we're stuck in the place of the unknown, it, uh, it often prevents relationships from even starting. There's so many relationships when, when we're, we're blocked by fear, we're blocked by hurt, anxiety, any of those things, that we know that, that there's an opportunity for a relationship. We see, we see the person there, we see the, the opportunity to step into a relationship, but for whatever reason, just we're stuck in our heads, stuck in our mind, and we can't get out of it. Well, uh, today we're going to take the next steps. Amen? Everybody say, next steps. Come on, and all we, what we know, the Bible says, is that when there's darkness, when there's fear, in order to remove that darkness, remove that fear, all we need to do is shine some light into it, amen? So we're going to shine some light today into a few areas of relationship. And each of these areas, they have traps associated with, is with them designed to keep you stuck, to keep you in the place of the unknown. But the truth is, we shouldn't be afraid of the unknown because we've all been there. We've all been in that place where we, we don't know what's gonna happen next, where, where we see those opportunities and we haven't stepped into it, but, but we have seen through our lives that time and time again, if we make the right choices, if we have boldness, if we have courage, we can actually come into a place of being known. We can come into a place of, of relationship with other, with other people. So today we're going to talk about these areas, and the goal today is to break out into being known in each of these areas. So the first one, we're just uh, on the heels of Valentine's Day. Who had a good Valentine's Day? Any husbands love up on your wives? Good job, fellas. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Come on, there weren't too many claps there from the ladies. Come on, come on, ladies. Who had a good Valentine's Day? I got some donuts for my beautiful bride because I know her love language. We're going to talk about romantic relationships first. We're going to kick things off, right? I wore my red shirt today in honor of Valentine's Day. Wear it two times a year, Christmas and Valentine's Day. <laughs> Come on, singles. I want to talk to some singles first. And who, who here is single? Come on, don't be shy. Raise your hands. Come on, look around if you need to. This, this, is, part of, this is part of the exercise. Come on, take a good look. We're going to talk to some singles first. This, is, this section is subtitled, Michael's, Michael's Tips for Finding a Spouse. 
So get out, your, get out your phones, get out your notepads. You're going to want to take this note down. Tip number one is especially important, especially important, very powerful. Tip number one for, for finding a spouse. Are you ready? Singles, are you ready? Are you ready? I see those pins ready. Okay, tip number one, do what you like to do. And do it with other people. Very, very important. Do what you like to do and do it with other people. And I'm going to add on this additional little bit as well, in person. Because if what you like to do is online gaming, <laughs> if what you like to do is Instagramming at home in your bathrobe, that's not going to work. You have to do what you like to do, but you have to do it with other people in person. It's, it's so simple, it sounds kind of trivial, but it's so important. Do what you like to do, do it with other people. So I want to I talk today about how I met Lisa, actually. She, doesn't, she didn't know I was going to bring this up, but how I met Lisa... So uh, when I came to San Diego, I was young, single guy, and uh, in a new career, new city, didn't know anybody here, but I knew that I, I wanted to be around people. I knew that I, had to, that I wanted to be connected socially, and so I was looking for sports ministries. Like, I wanted to be involved in a church. I was looking for uh, something I could do in sports. I love to play sports, pretty much anything with a ball, I'll do it. And uh, so I found a volleyball ministry, and so I, I started going out to this volleyball ministry, and through a, a relationship there, I was invited to a Halloween party. And uh, I thought, I like parties. I like people. So I, I raided the, the local thrift store and got uh, a fedora, some slacks, and went as Indiana Jones. Found a good whip. The, the fedora is the key to a good Indiana Jones costume. If you don't have the fedora, it's not going to work. But I found one, and so I went to this Halloween party. And at this Halloween party, Indiana Jones met a geisha ninja. A geisha ninja. If you're not sure what that is, just think Memoirs of a Geisha meets Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And it's kind of somewhere in the middle. But so Lisa had this full kimono on. She had her hair all done up, the full face paint. I had no idea what this girl looked like. Just <laughs> no idea. And, uh, and so I think we only talked for maybe a couple minutes at that party. I actually uh, asked one of her friends to dance, which come to think of it, maybe that's why we only talked for a couple minutes. But... <laughs> Anyway, that, that was it. That was how I met Lisa. But I didn't know Lisa. We had just met. So let me tell you about how I got to know Lisa. This is where the story gets better. Back at volleyball a couple weeks later, uh, I was out playing, and Lisa, Lisa showed up there. And uh, funny enough, you know, just playing throughout the day, and, and I didn't really talk to her then either. In fact, she wasn't really playing that much either because I think she was there just to scope for guys, but, but hey, she was there, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so it kind of came to the end of the day, and I was, I was about to leave, and I was walking off, and uh, one of my friends at, the, at volleyball, he kind of yelled out to me, he said, hey, Michael, I need to tell you something. And I was kind of already walking, and he was in the middle of a game, so I said, oh, I, I got to go, you know, I'll, I'll catch you later. And uh, so I got to my car. And I stood at the door of my car, and God reminded me of this verse, Proverbs 18.1, that he had, he had given to me when I came to San Diego. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. And in that moment, I was, just, I was stuck at the door of my car, and I couldn't shake this feeling that I needed to go back. And so I, I went back, and, uh, and I waited till they were done with the set, and I, and I asked my friend, hey, what, what did you need to talk to me about? And all he said was, you need to go talk to Lisa about game nights. That was it. That was the only thing that he needed to say to me. So I looked around, and I saw Lisa over there to the side talking to a guy. 
And so I, I just walked up, inserted myself into the conversation, and I said, Lisa, tell me about game nights. And so she said, oh, yeah, well, you know, we just have, I have some people over to my apartment, and we play board games and have fun. And uh, she's like, do you want to come? I was like, sure. Yeah, that sounds great. And so I went over to game nights, and this was something that Lisa was doing because she liked to do it, and she did it with other people. And that is the beginning of our relationship. From there, as they say, the rest is history. We got to know each other, and um, one of the first things that she did, it was inviting me to church, and that was important on my list. And so I said, okay, this girl is interesting, and she's worth my time. And from there, our relationship progressed. But the point of this story is, do what you like to do, and do it with other people. Tip number two, don't isolate yourself. You might think, well, isn't that kind of like tip number one? Exactly. This is so important. If you want to be single for the rest of your life, isolate yourself. If you want to be single for the rest of your life, stay alone. It's, it's, so, it's so easy to be alone. It's so easy to isolate yourself. You actually have to work to not do that. And that's why I'm reiterating the point. Tip number one, do what you like to do with other people. Tip number two, don't isolate yourself. We see in that verse, a man who isolates himself rages against all wise judgment. So physical isolation, that's kind of obvious. You know, we, we know that we have to get out of our closet. We have to get out of our bathrobe. We have to actually go and be in the world. Or, or maybe if you really like your bathrobe, then invite other people who like bathrobes to come over your house too. And you can have a bathrobe party. Lisa says, no, don't do that. But there's also mental isolation. How many people know that you can be in the middle of a crowded square downtown, you could be in the middle of a busy subway riding on the trolley, and you can pull your hoodie up overhead, you can put your earbuds in, and you can have your face in your phone, and even though there's so many people physically around you, you're completely alone. You actually have to take the time. Thank you, she knows, yeah. You can be, you can be completely, no, I get it, I get it. There's, there's, there's times where you can mentally disconnect from everybody around you. You can be physically present, but not mentally present. You actually have to take the time to be mentally engaged with other people. You have to put the phone down, you have to interact in person. Another way we can isolate ourselves is emotionally. And this is probably one of the, the biggest reasons why people can stay alone is even if they're physically present, even if they're mentally present or mentally connected with somebody, they can still be emotionally disconnected. At some point, you have to let your guard down. And this is one of the hardest unknowns that we actually have to walk, to out, walk out from. I think this is actually the key for a lot of us in relationships, especially romantic relationships, that if we want to be truly connected with somebody, that we have to be physically, mentally, and emotionally present. We have to allow them into spaces in our lives that, that we don't even like to go to sometimes. But the beautiful part about it is, is that when you can open up that door emotionally, when you can allow somebody to come in, you can actually receive healing that you can't get on your own. Because the truth about emotional relationships is that no matter, no matter what's happened to you, no matter the situation, more often than not, you can't get out of it by yourself. You can't undig an emotional hole by yourself. You actually need somebody. You need relationships to be able to fill the gaps, fill the voids. And you know, maybe you've walked through some situations in life, and that's all the more reason. Yes, it does make it all the more harder. Yes, it is challenging when you have these hurts and these past experiences. But the, the, the great part about it is that you have the capacity to fill them back up. You know, if you allow people to come into your life, if you allow people to bring in their emotional healing into your life, and, and you'll do the same for them. You can fill some voids that other people have emotionally. And so that brings me to tip number three. Take some risks. Take some risks in relationships. 
Yes, it's possible you might get hurt or offended again. That's true. It can happen. But you might also win the prize. You might also find Mr. or Mrs. Right. You might also be exposed to that person who you're going to walk the rest of your life with. But you'll never know if you don't try. You'll never know if you don't step into the arena. That you actually are called to fight. You're called to strive. You're called to, to allow yourself to be a little bit vulnerable so that you have the opportunity to win the prize. So you have the opportunity to spend the rest of your life with that person. Take some risks. And there is a, there is a trap here as well is that, that you can't let previous experiences, past experiences, dictate your future relationships. That don't bring old, old luggage, old baggage into a new relationship, or don't project it on a new relationship at least. Yes, as we walk into any relationship, there's stuff we have to deal with, but when we project things, that's fear forecasting. We're fear forecasting for projecting bad past experiences into future experiences. But we're at Awakened Church, so we have an answer to that. We're not going to fear forecast. We're going to faith forecast. We're going to speak life into something. That we actually have the ability to be right more often than a San Diego weatherman. That we can actually speak into existence whatever we want in our life. We can speak life into ourselves. We can speak courage into ourselves. I love these beautiful shirts that Cynthia and her son have on today, Faith. They're, they have this shirt on that says Faith. They're speaking faith into themselves just by wearing this shirt. Just by, just by saying, I'm going to live my life according to faith. I'm going to faith forecast, not fear forecast. I'm going I'm to believe the best about my future. I'm not going to speak doubt. I'm not going to speak fear. I'm not going to speak depression. I'm not going to speak alone. I'm not going to speak isolation into my future. I'm going to speak connection. I'm going to speak relationship. This year is the year where I find my spouse. This year is the year where I connect with somebody who's going to change my life. This is the year that I find a business partner that's going to take my business to the next level. That we're, I'm going to be able to work together. I'm going to be able to faith forecast and speak into this year, into my life, exactly what God wants for my life. Not just what I want, not just what my neighbor wants. What does God want for your life? That's faith forecasting. When you speak what God wants for your life, you bring that into existence. You allow faith to activate over your life in a romantic relationship, in any relationship. The last tip I have for you, and I just added this one just this morning, is know what you want. Know what you want in a romantic relationship. I think that, there, there, that each of us, when we're looking for a future spouse, we should have a list of non-negotiables. It doesn't have to be a long list. It doesn't have to be a million things. It doesn't even have to be 10 things. Maybe it's three things. For me, one of the non-negotiables, and I was at a place in my life where I know that I needed a woman in my life that loved God. I know that I needed a woman who was excited about church, and that was Lisa, to a T. She was so excited about church. The first thing she did was invited me to church. It's like, okay, and that caught my attention. This, is, this was the first thing. What is, your, what is your list for all you single people out there? Don't make it a long list. Just make it something that's non-negotiable, and this is why it doesn't need to be long, because if you come into contact with somebody and they don't meet one of these non-negotiables, are you willing to walk away? Are you willing to walk away if somebody doesn't meet a non-negotiable? So like I said, maybe it's only two or three things, but that's a start. You know, what is the most important thing to you? The Bible does say that we should be equally yoked. 
with a spouse. And that doesn't mean that you have to be in the exact same place relationshiply with God as this other, because the truth is nobody can really do that. No two people are in exactly the same spot with God as each other. But we all have to be able to walk in the same direction. When you're equally yoked with someone, is it possible for you guys, the two of you, to walk in the same direction? Because if that's not a possibility, even if you get married, that's not going to change the situation. That's what's going to happen is that you may be close at, at the start, but as you walk along, you're going to start drifting apart. As you, as you walk through life, if you're not able to walk in the same direction, eventually you won't be side by side with that person anymore. So know what you want. And so that brings us into the next section. I'm going to talk to the married folks for a while. Who's married here today? Come on. This is... <laughs> We're going to talk about tips for a great marriage now. Jake's excited about being married. Come on, it must have been a good Valentine's Day in the Shooty household. <laughs> marriage is a reward. We should be excited about it. We should be excited about being married. Proverbs 18.22 says, The man who finds a wife finds a treasure, and he receives favor from the Lord. So what is the unknown here? Well, what is that treasure? What is this favor of which the Bible talks about? How do I get my hands on it? There's lots of unknowns in marriage too. So I'm going to talk about some tips. Before I get to those tips, all the single people, what's tip number one? What's tip number one? Come on, single people. Do what you like to do and do it with other people. So tip number one for the married people, do what your spouse likes to do. And be excited about it. Yes, honey, I'd love to do this thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle during the Super Bowl. <laughs> Lisa started a new tradition this year, doing a jigsaw puzzle during the Super Bowl. Fortunately for me, she had some friends over to help her out. We should be putting each other's desires ahead of our own. Put your, put your spouse's desires first, and you'll both be rewarded. When we're, when we're covering our spouse's needs, we're fulfilled in ways that, that we can't be if we're only worried about fulfilling our own needs. You actually find that there's a reward in just fulfilling somebody else's need, and, and then that other person, if they're doing it right, will be fulfilling your, your needs, so you both are exponentially rewarded. And that's the way a marriage should be. That is the reward for finding a good wife or a good spouse. The second tip in a marriage is have intimacy, have intimacy. Physical intimacy, self-explanatory. And if you don't know what that means, then come see Jake after the service, he'll explain it to you. Because <laughs> he's a rocket science too, so, scientist too, so he knows how these things work. Mental intimacy. Occasionally, in marriage, you're gonna have to put the phone down too. Every now and then, you're going to have to get away from the screen and connect with your spouse. Just have those times where you can talk eye to eye, heart to heart, and be present mentally. It may be tough after a long day of work. It may be tough when the kids are screaming and crying and doing all of those things. But you have to make time for it because it is so important. It is so important to be physically, mentally, and emotionally present. Even in marriage, even for marriages that, that are years in, decades in, there can still be emotional blockages. 
if we allow them to be there. We have to, just like in a potential dating relationship, potential romantic relationship, in a marriage relationship, we have to open ourselves up emotionally to our spouse, probably more than anybody else on the planet. Definitely, it should be our heart to open ourselves up emotionally to our spouse more than anybody else on the planet. That should be the one person where you can be completely vulnerable where you can, can just pour out your heart and there's no, there's no semblance of fear, there's, there's nothing, there's no blockage. And if, if there is something there and you know that in your life, then, then I wanna pray for you at the end of the service today too. If you know there's an emotional blockage between you and your spouse, that's absolutely something that, that we can address, that we can pray over and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and correct it. It's not about me giving you specific advice. It's not about even, even you ch- each other talking it out because the truth is in order to be, for us to be fully emotionally vulnerable with someone, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to come in and, 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 and show us, shine light into areas. Like this is an area where, where I haven't been f- like fully open and vulnerable. And, and, the, and the truth is that a lot of times I think we, we put up these mental blocks to guard ourselves to, from even stepping into those conversations, from even exploring that avenue. So we, sometimes we do need an outside source, but even better than another person, an outside source, we need the Holy Spirit to come in and reveal to us. And I know that today, if, if, if that's you, if you have some of those things going on in your life, the Holy Spirit right now, he's starting to unpack something for you. He's starting to shine a light into your life to, to identify areas of emotion, emotional invulnerability. And we can break those down today. And, and I'm not saying that you, you, you're gonna receive complete healing today. Maybe you will, but maybe it's a process. Maybe we can start the process today. Maybe we can start the process of you opening up your life and heart to your spouse in a way that you never have before and see what it really means to have a reward in heaven for your marriage and for your life. So the goal in marriage, in this relationship, we're gonna look at Genesis 2, 23 and 24. And it says this, at last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone of my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. The two are united into one. In a marriage relationship, the goal of being known is to walk as one. Not walk side by side, but walk as one. This is a reconnection of what God originally intended as one. The woman coming out of man and literally the rejoining of them back into one is the intent for God in marriage, coming back together to walk as one. And what we can do if we do this, if we open ourselves up physically, mentally, emotionally, vulnerable to our spouse, then we can actually walk out of the unknown together. And that's the best case circumstances when we're walking into being known together with our spouse. And so that leads us to the second relationship that I want to talk about today, parenting. Parenting. And even if you're not parents today or you don't feel like you ever will be, you don't have desire to be parents, I don't want you to check out because the principles I'm going to talk about right now are directly applicable to all of us because they're applicable to discipleship. The same principles in parenting are applicable to discipleship, and we all have the great commission to go out into all the world and make disciples to see, to develop something in somebody else and to help them along the way. (laughs) There is so much unknown in parenting. It's kind of like being tossed blindfolded into a dense jungle and told to find your way out. (laughs) Sometimes without any tools, without any resources, 
And the tendency is just to, to pick a direction and start hacking away. But if you do that, what might happen is you wind up with this wide path in exactly the wrong direction from where you want to go. That you actually have to have some wisdom, some discernments, and it's okay. Take baby steps. I, what I found in becoming a dad is that, that um, you know, I was not just automatically gifted and blessed with all the tools and knowledge I needed to be a parent. No, I actually had to learn along the way. That, that God reveals things to us in the season that we need it. You know, when a baby is first born, it just needs, you know, sleep, food, and to be changed. You know, pretty simple. Come on, anybody can kind of figure that out. Sleep, food, and be changed, all right? And if it's, the baby's crying, it's probably one of those three things. So we learn as we go. We take these baby steps and, and get advice. I love uh, Jordan's, Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life. He gives us this advice in parenting. Don't let your kids do anything that causes you to hate them. That's pretty sound wisdom right there. If they do something that just annoys you in a certain way, that sends you off the road, don't let them do that. You Take a stand on those things. Maybe some other parents will let it do it, but if it just irks you in a way, if it's the most annoying sound in the world, make them stop. You're bigger than them. You can make it happen. Make it stop. Don't, do, don't let your kids do anything that causes you to hate them. And get lots of advice. Find out what works for you. That's my advice to any new parents. Take lots of advice. Find out what works. If it, if it works, great. Keep it. If it doesn't work, you can maybe file it away for later or toss it away. You know, lots of advice is good. Proverbs 24, 6. For by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. It is a war, parenting. And for anybody who doesn't believe me, I have two words for you. Potty training. <laughs> war is messy. And I'll give you a little story as an example. Fair warning, this is a graphic story. One of, my, one of my boys, I won't tell you which one to keep him covered, but one of my boys, as we were te- potty training him, we, uh, we had come back from the pool, and we found that for some reason, when, uh, whenever we take our kids to the pool and then come back, um, they had this tendency to get diarrhea. And, uh, and so, so we come back, and, and, and it was our process. As soon as we get back from the pool, we take off the little swimming diaper, and immediately we put on the fresh diaper. Well, I got kind of busy one day as we come back from the pool, and I, uh, I took off his diaper, and I made the classic, classic mistake of not having the new, new diaper already in hand. And any parent who's done potty training knows that this is a problem. So as I took the, old di- the, pot- the swimmy diaper off, and I went to get the new diaper, I turned around, and the kid is gone. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. So I search around the house I, I, looking for my kid who's naked, and, uh, and, and I see on the stairs, there's a little streak of something. <laughs> Carpeted stairs. And so I follow this trail up the stairs, and every few steps, there's another little streak. All the way up, down the hallway, into our bedroom, on our bed, on our pillow. And he must have just paused there for a minute, and then left again. But he's still nowhere in sight. So I'm walking all around the upstairs, every single room of the upstairs. How did this kid do this? This little poopy trail all around the house, all the way into his bedroom, into his bathroom finally. But wait, it doesn't stop there. Why wouldn't you just stop anyway? He just keeps going through his bathroom into the guest bedroom. I find him sheepishly in the corner of the guest bedroom, hiding, not sure what to do. War is messy. Parenting is messy. Proverbs 22.6, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. 
There's times where you might have to carry your kids. There's times as you're parenting, as you're leading, as you're discipling even, you might have to carry people in the right direction. Sometimes they're nervous, sometimes they're scared, sometimes they don't know what they're doing, and they'll just run every which way throughout the house, leaving a trail behind them. (laughs) Sometimes you have to carry them, and you will have to clean up some messes. That is absolutely certain. You will have to clean up some messes in parenting and in discipleship. And you will have to course correct them from time to time. But Proverbs 3.12 says, For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. So the trap in parenting and discipleship is that you cannot bury your head in the sand. You cannot bury your head and just say, okay, whatever, whatever happens, happens. You know, I'm just going to take a step back. I'm, I'm just going to put on my earmuffs, my blinders, and, and you know, they'll figure things out, right? They'll figure things out in life. And maybe yes, maybe no. But are you willing to, to take your head out of the sand and actually be involved in the world so they can actually figure things out faster? Or maybe do it the right, maybe not fall into some pitfalls that we've, fall, we've fallen into ourselves. We can actually train, we can instruct, we can keep people from having to go through some of the same hurts, the same problems that we faced if we will be active, if we'll be engaged in their life. And it is work to connect, it is work. When our kids are young, and, and they come to us, mommy, mommy, hold me, hold me, daddy, daddy, play with me, play with me. Yeah, like maybe you're tired from the day. Maybe it's been a, a, a tough week. Maybe you've had a lot on your plate. It is work to connect with them. But when they're teenagers, it's also work to connect. But, th- but now they're not coming to you. You actually have to go to them. You actually have to be in their world. You have to connect with them. You have to do the work emotionally and mentally to say, how was your day? How was school? How's life going? What are your friends like? All of these things. And I think if we do the work up front when they're little, when we do more of that work, we'll have a lot less work when they're bigger, when they're they're teenagers. And so so when they are older, they'll easily still come to us. You know, if we're connected with them when they're young, then when they're older, they'll know who to connect with. They'll know who to come to. They'll know who to call when they get into trouble or when they just need somebody to talk to. So you might be thinking, why would anybody want to go through this? Why would anybody want to go through parenting or discipleship? It seems like it's a lot of work. It seems like there's a lot going on, but it's because there's rewards. And I can't really explain it. I I don't even know how to fully understand it maybe, but when I became a dad, I entered into this, this ability to receive rewards that, that I never knew was even possible. I entered in this uh, ability to, to be in relationship with this, this life, with this person, to love in a way that, that I had never been exposed to before. The, the rewards are there, and I think more than anything else, coming into fatherhood, for me, it gave me a picture of what it's like from God's perspective to love us to have sons and daughters, to have relationships with us. So coming out of the unknown in parenting, it's like this. When your kids or or the people you're discipling have free will, we know that they'll do what's right. When you come out of the unknown of parenting, everything that you've poured into your kids, everything that you've poured into these people that you're training up, developing, you'll know that they're gonna do the right thing because of that relationship. When the relationship works right, you're not scared about their future. You're not scared about the past they'll take. Yes, they may make some wrong terms, just like we all do, but you'll know 
that they have what it takes within them to succeed. You'll know that they're not, gonna, they're not gonna stumble and fall in a way that's irrecoverable. You'll know because you know that they have a connection with their heavenly father. You know that they have a connection with something that's greater than just you because you know them on an intimate level in a way. You know their heart. You know their leanings. You know their inclinations. That's what it means to be known in parenting when you know your kids in that way, when you know the people that you're looking after in that way. The next relationship I want to talk about is a universal relationship, friendship. One of the most natural forms of relationship that we have. You don't have to teach a two-year-old to, to be friends with somebody. Maybe you have to teach them to share. But, but after two minutes, they're already best friends with this kid. You know, they, 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 somebody they've never met before. Relationship, friendship is, is ingrained within us. It's built into our DNA to connect with people, to be friends. And yeah, as the, the older we get, the harder we find it is to, to connect with people. It does get more challenging. You know, there's a lot of times where we have past hurts, we have feelings, uh, we have these emotional gaps and voids that, that make it harder for us. But we have to fight through it. We have to push past each of, these, each of these blockages that are keeping us from friendships. And each lost friendship, each situation that, that caused, has caused a scar or hurt, it might take us deeper into the unknown. So the trap here in friendship is unforgiveness. We have to look past these petty faults, these, these little differences that keep us from having a reward, keeping us from being in relationship. The truth is, is that no one is perfect, but we get, to, we get to learn, we get to see the power of forgiveness. If we can get past this blockage of unforgiveness. I wanna share another story from my life, and it's really my process of redeeming friendship. When I was a, a young officer in the Air Force, I had a, uh, there was a, a guy that came in as a coworker, another lieutenant, and, uh, and you know, we worked in the same office and we just clicked. You know, there was something about it that we just had this natural inclination. We liked the same movies. We had the same sense of humor and uh, we got along. This was my best friend, my best friend. And we also even had the same taste in women. And uh, unfortunately, the exact same taste in women, the exact same woman, my wife at the time. And so um, I don't think the, the issues in, in, our, in my marriage at the time were, were due to this guy. There was, there was definitely something underlying. There was, as I said before, uh, a process. We weren't really equally yoked. We weren't walking in the same direction. But uh, when my marriage was on the rocks and, and we were struggling, um, my wife kind of took solace in this guy's arms. And I remember it was one night um, when things were really bad with us and I knew that she had gone out and then I knew that, that she was over at his house and it was probably two in the morning. And, uh, and I just couldn't sleep. I was not at peace at all, just wrestling with this. And so I went over to this guy's house and I didn't really know what I was gonna do, but I just, was not settled, I was not at peace, I was angry, I was sad, it was all these emotions at the same time. And I get, I get to his house, his apartment, and I'm sitting there in my car, and, and all I can think of is that I wanna go and kick this door down. I wanna go and get her back. And um, I, don't, I don't even know why, Maybe the Holy Spirit must have just, just spoke to me and prompted me to call my dad. So at two in the morning, sitting in front of this guy's house, wanting to kick the door down, I just picked up the phone and, and called him, and he answered at two in the morning. Thank God for a dad who will answer a call at two in the morning. And he didn't even really know what to say to me. He didn't, 
really know what advice to give me. But just talking to him, it, it calmed me down. Just talking to him, it gave me peace. And so I didn't go and kick that door down. I just went home and tried to go to sleep. But eventually that, that marriage fell apart. And, and like I said, I don't think that this guy, my best friend, was the reason it fell apart. But it was definitely a reason that made it harder to get back together. If you're ever in a relationship and, and um, there's, a, there's an issue, never take solace in the arms of somebody of the opposite sex. Never, never go looking for comfort from somebody else. It's just a bad situation that's going to get worse. So through this process, I had to learn how to forgive. I had to learn how to forgive my best friend. I had to learn how to forgive my wife. And I honestly don't know what transpired between them, but I, I did find out a couple years later that they wound up getting married. And so, but it, it, in truth, it didn't really matter to me anymore because through this process of forgiveness, and, and sometimes it was a daily thing, sometimes a weekly thing, monthly thing, it took me a while to forgive them. Sometimes I, I, I had to say the words and I didn't even really mean them, but I had to say, I forgive you. I had to speak that over my life. I had to speak forgiveness into my life. And, but through that process up to, to, to several years later, I can honestly say that I, I bear no ill will against them. I love them, I pray for them, I hope that they have a fantastic life. I know I have a fantastic life, thank you Jesus. So why would I want somebody else to not have a fantastic life? Why would I allow myself to be stuck in a place of unforgiveness, in bitterness, where I, I can't live out the life that I'm supposed to live because I'm too stuck worrying about causing them pain or harm? That's not gonna do me any good. And it's, it was not a trivial thing, but it was a process, but I know that, that if it works for me, it'll work for you. As you step into that process, maybe there's somebody who's caused some, some very difficult situations in your life. Maybe there's somebody who you know you need to forgive. Speak it into existence. Speak out that forgiveness. Allow yourself to restore the relationship. And it was probably a couple years into to C3 Church at the time where I learned that, that I had a block, that I would not allow somebody to get close enough to me to be considered a best friend, that I didn't want best friends. I had my wife, why would I need any other best friends? And I think for a lot of guys, we may, we may get stuck in this position too, where we, we just don't see the value at, oh, I don't need a best friend, you know, I have my spouse, we're forever, we're together, we, she's my best friend. And that's great, you should be best friends with your spouse, but you should also have other friends. You actually need the reward of friendship outside of just your marriage. And for me, that was, that was a difficult process. It was a difficult journey. First, I just had to realize that, that I wasn't allowing myself to be close to people. I wasn't allowing myself to be really close with another guy. I mean, yeah, we could be buddies. We could play sports together. We could hang out and do all that stuff. But I, I didn't need a best friend. You know, I'd already been there. And maybe I couldn't have even explained it to you at the time why I didn't want it to. But looking back, I know that that was the reason. Where I had been hurt in a way that, that I didn't want to be hurt again. I didn't want to be hurt like that again, so I didn't need a best friend. But now I know that I needed, I needed to get past that blockage. I needed to get past that place of hurt so that I could start to connect with people, so that I could start to be in relationships and friendship with guys again, so that I could allow myself to have best friends, to be connected on a level that would enrich my life, that would bless my life. Proverbs 18.24 says, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. When a friend intentionally or unintentionally hurts you, don't let that situation rob you of the reward of friendship. 
Ecclesiastes 4, 7 to 12, it talks about the advantages of companionship. These are the rewards. I observed yet another something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone, without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is also meaningless and depressing. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two standing back to back can conquer. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better than one, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. This scripture is loaded with the rewards of friendship. This scripture, it, it just it speaks to me, and uh, it reminds me of, of the David and Jonathan relationship in the Bible. Where a friend can walk side by side with you through any season. 1 Samuel 18, 3 says, And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David, because he loved him as he loved himself. And that's, that's the picture of the second greatest commandment. First, I love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and understanding. Second, love your neighbor as yourself. When we can get a picture through Ecclesiastes of the rewards of friendship and the power that, that it has in it, then we can start to love our neighbor as ourselves. We can start to have those relationships that, that, that kind of break the mold break the pattern of friendships in our lives, where we can see that, that there's something more to life than, than just having relationships with God, although that's the most important, just having relationship with our spouse, although that's incredibly important, but having these, these connections, these relationships, these, these uh, feelings where you can, you can make a pact with somebody and you love them more than you love the, yourselves. And that brings me into the last relationship I want to talk about today, being fully known, fully known. Truly stepping out of the unknown means allowing yourself to be fully known by God. Not that he doesn't already know you. He formed you. He knows every hair on your head. He formed your inmost being. He, he knows you inside and out. So this is, not, this is not just about salvation, although that is the first step in being fully known. But it's a lifelong journey. It's a faith journey, being fully known by God, being in complete intimacy with him. See, we know that there's really no hiding from God. You know, he's everywhere, omnipresent, all-knowing. He formed us inside and out. He knows everything about us. So there's really no hiding from God. And yet, when Adam and Eve sinned, the first thing they did was they hid themselves. There was a separation in the intimacy. When we sin, when we separate ourselves from God, we try and hide things. We try and hide our life. We try and put coverings on ourselves because we know that, that something is not right. We know there's a disconnect. Fully, fully surrendering our life to God allows us to be fully known by him. And we can, can open up our hearts, open up our lives to every area, every situation. There's an aspect in all of these relationships that we've talked about where you're, you're walking together. In a friendship, you're walking side by side. In a romantic relationship, you're walking as one. In the parenting relationship or discipling relationship, more often than not, you're carrying somebody. But we see in this relationship, being fully known by God, is that from time to time, we're going to need to be carried by him. From time to time, there's aspects of life that we walk through where, where we just can't do it in our own power. We don't have the strengths. We don't know how to take the steps. So being fully known by him allows us to be carried by him. 
It allows us to, to realize that, that God is always there for us. God is always there at two in the morning. God is always there anytime for us to pick up the phone and call him, open up our life. Do you need to be carried by God right now? That's okay, we all do at some point. There's times in our lives where we need to be carried. If you're fully known by him, you'll allow yourself to be carried by him. You'll allow him to get you through, get you past that gap that you cannot bridge by yourself. You cannot even bridge with your spouse or even that, that soulmate or whoever, the friendship. You can't bridge all of these gaps in just the natural. Sometimes you need a supernatural solution. Thank God that we have a supernatural God that can carry us, all of us at the same time if need. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.